Hello, and welcome to the Interrobank Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Simon. Thank you for being with me today, and thanks for listening. Before we get talking to our special guest, let's quickly go and talk about some of the news you may have missed this week. A man who was arrested twice this fall for harassing young women near Western's campus was arrested again on November 13th for an incident of assault near Victoria Hospital. Saranjit Singh was released on bail on November 5th and was taken into police custody again Monday, November 15th as a suspect in the assault of a 28-year-old woman. Singh was further charged with criminal harassment by threatening conduct and failure to comply with his release order. The assault occurred at 10 a.m. on Saturday, November 13th at Adelaide Street South and Commissioners Road East. Singh reportedly watched the victim for a period of time and eventually ran across the road and grabbed her. The first set of initial incidents occurred between October 29th and the 23rd, with the most recent now taking place on November 13th. Singh was released from custody on November 5th and was banned from the area surrounding Western's University campus and London's downtown. And every year during the month of November, the London Abuse Women's Centre organizes the Shine the Light campaign to raise awareness for violence against women. This year, the campaign has selected two Fanshawe students as honorees, Police Foundation student Shadia Kenza and Social Work student Rebecca Amendola. Amendola was a repeated survivor of sexual abuse and went through a lengthy legal process that left her exhausted. In the end, her abuser was sentenced to five years in prison. Today, Amendola is studying social work at Fanshawe College, and she volunteers with the Sharing Shop and runs the Environmental Club. Although she said her healing journey is not over yet, she is optimistic that she can use her experience to help others in her community. Kenza, meanwhile, is a survivor of the Rwandan genocide, who now resides in Canada with her two children. Shine the Light dates back to 2010 and encourages members of the community to paint the town purple in honor of survivors and violence against women. On November 15th, members of the community came together to wear purple as a show of support and solidarity for survivors everywhere. Purple lights can be seen throughout the month of November at Fanshawe College and within the broader London community. And Fanshawe's fashion marketing and management program's pop-up shop called The Story is returning to the Siskin Gallery. Students have been working hard on getting their shop in order and picking up the pieces all semester. The doors will be open to shoppers on November 22nd and will be open until November 26th. The group has been split up into two different communities, all with different jobs. The different communities include merch, shop design, social media, and Shopify. All of the pieces being sold are hand-selected, all coming from the local Goodwill. The focus for this year's pop-up shop is mental health awareness and sustainability, which played a role into how the logo looks. The story is in partnership with Goodwill Industries, with all the proceeds going back to students. And some students involved said that they were very excited to see the store completed, saying that that will be the most rewarding part of the project. For anyone wanting to support the story but can't make it into Fanshawe, you can shop online at livechic.ca. Now, I think it's time to introduce you to this week's guest. As we focus more on finance in this week's issue of the Interrobang, I wanted to use this week's episode as more of an educational tool. While finance may seem difficult to understand, it's not as complicated as it seems once a game plan is laid out. So today is all about financial detoxing, a financial tool that can help all of us learn how to save a little bit more money here and there. So joining me today is FSU Finance Coordinator Karen Martinez. Karen wrote an article on the process of financial detoxing and explains that the term detox can be used in many aspects of our lives, including our personal finances. So let's jump in to this week's episode. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, Amy. I'm, I'm doing fine. So can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Okay. Sorry, my computer was kind of slow today. <laughs> I'm having the same issue as well, so it's been, a, it's been chaotic, but <laughs> thank yeah. you so much for scheduling this. I, I can't wait to talk about your article on 
financial detox. I, I just love to dive more into that because I think it'd be a great episode for our podcast. Thank you. Yes, I'm happy to participate in 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 like you know this meeting and talk more about what I have been working and the initiatives that I have for this month. Yeah, absolutely. I guess we can just dive right into it. So maybe starting off just as a, a general overview, I I've mentioned before about what the the term financial detox and what detox means, but maybe you could tell us a little bit more about financial detox and, and how it relates differently from, I guess, what we think of when we hear the word detox. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, when we hear about detox is when you try to kind of clean yourself, right, from maybe drinking or eating a lot of junk food. So financial detox have the, the similarity that you are trying to spend less your money on things that are not essential for you. So for example, let's say that, or what I have seen here is that a lot of students, including some of my friends, they get coffee every single day from either Starbucks or Tim Hortons. So a basic example on how to use a financial detox with that expense is instead of spending your money every single day on, on in buying a coffee at one of these coffee shops, you just try to reduce that amount of, of times that you go. So if you go five days a week, why don't you try two days this week or one don't you try just maybe on the weekends? So you reduce the amount of money that you're spending on things that maybe you can do in some other ways, like doing your coffee at home, making your coffee at home. Yeah. When I, when I first read the, this article that you posted, I it just kind of made me think about the word detox in the way that it can be used in, in so many different ways. And, and the financial term that you're talking about is so interesting. And I guess going from the article that you have, I saw that you have a list of ways where, I guess not a list or more of a plan that we can use as college students. Um, yep. So we need the help being a, a college student myself. It, it's not <laughs> cheap. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we can save money, I know is, is great. So maybe yep. we can go down that list and, and talk about ways that we can be successful when it comes to financial detoxing, as you just described. So Maybe if we can start at the beginning, just uh, I saw the first one was as a really just set a, a timeline. So what does that mean? And, and how can we, I guess, first jump into the world of financial detoxing? Yes. Um, well, when you're trying to set up a timeline is because you're trying to focus on a goal. So you can try to say, OK, you know what? Let's say November is about to finish, but I want to start this plan for, let's say, 2022. So you write kind of a budget or a plan on how you're planning to spend less money on those kind of things. And you have a and you set a time frame. If we go back to the coffee example, you said, okay, you know what, I'm going to try this for one week to see how that goes. So for one week, you decide, I'm going to have just a coffee from a coffee shop just next Friday. The rest of the days, I would just make my coffee at home and I will see how much money I will spend. So you set your your time frame for that. And if you see that that is a kind of a successful activity that you're doing, then you keep doing it for maybe a month, maybe for the next three months. And that's how you start to change your habits on spending your money on those things and saving or investing that money that you're not spending on coffee into something else. Wow. And 
I guess if you look at that as well, I guess the way I see it is when we try to do that, it kind of makes those moments, even if we're out with friends, like you were saying in the example, just going out for coffee, if you're saving it just for like a Friday, like you were saying, it, it kind of gets you excited about it. It, it makes it more special, I guess is the right word to say. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So I guess going from, you know, now we've, if we're talking about hypothetically here, we've set a timeline. What is the next step that we should take in in this process of financial detoxing? Where do we, where do we go from here? Okay, so now that you have set up your time and you have decided that maybe next week you will try this time frame, you have to now think, okay, if I'm going to save let's say $20 next week, what should I do with that money? Should I put it on my savings accounts? Should I reuse the debt that I have on my credit card? Or should I invest that money? You have many options that you can choose to use that money that you are saving from spending in your coffee next week. So you have to decide what will you do with that money? That would be the next step. Okay. And I guess that's that's something that I wanted to dive into as well, because I know that's that's a hard part. I mean, saving money is the first step of figuring out, you know, okay, now what is this? What does this money go towards? And I know as a college student, the the obvious answer would be, well, tuition or or textbooks or supplies. But what I felt, it's not as easy as that, because you feel like you have this money and it's it's so easy to just kind of fall back and then spend it again because you you feel secure with it. So, yeah. I guess going from there too onto one of the next steps. So now we've we've set a timeline and we've kind of planned out what this extra $20 or however much it's going to be, what it's going to be used for. I saw the next step, it was budget for that expense. So once we've kind of found out what we're going to, to save for, what do we do when it comes to budgeting for said expense, if that makes sense? Yeah, for example, right now you have thinking, okay, I feel really good making my coffee at home, just maybe going out with my friends on either Friday or Saturday and have this coffee chat with them that I feel that I needed and I deserve. I'm saving $20 each week. So now this money that I will save, I'm going to put it into a budget because I have another huge expense that I want to go through. For example, I want to change or upgrade my car. So you now decided, okay, this money that I'm saving on coffees, I'm planning to have $20 every week as savings. But now those $20, I will put them into my budget because at the end of this year, I will have enough money to um, upgrade my car or maybe to move to a different apartment or as you said, like going to tuition, right? So a way to move your money from one place to another one is to have an idea on how much you can expect either every week or every paycheck or as long as you're doing those expenses and then plan for the future, where I'm going to move this money to and towards what I'm going to be using it. So that's kind of the idea of this next step on the process. Yeah, for sure. And and you mentioned something about um, just just a possible expense, but it's got me thinking too, when you when you talked about, you know, upgrading your car, because that is very expensive as, as someone who, <laughs> who owns a car and knows, especially the gas prices right now, commuting yeah. back and forth to school. It's, it's crazy how much money that eats up. I think I'm spending like maybe a hundred dollars per week on gas now that I'm going to school every day. I mean, I live pretty far, but 
I know that's really expensive. So I guess we've talked about, you know, saving money of, of just when you go and get coffee and treat yourself in that sense. But I saw another step on your list was also walking or, or carpooling to, to work or to college or, or visiting your friends. And it was just something I wanted to bring up too, because, you know, growing up, you always hear, you know, walking and carpooling, it's good. It's good for the environment. It's good to get exercise, but I never saw the financial aspect, I guess, is what we're going here. So yeah, I guess how beneficial is it to, in a, in a finance sort of way, is it to walk and carpool other than driving yourself here, there and everywhere? Yeah, when when you put your example that you're spending a hundred dollars a week on on uh, your gas, and now that the prices are going like really high, I believe that it's very important because if you let's say you carpool with one of your neighbors, and this neighbor happened to study here at Fanshu too, you can divide the cost on how much you spend on your gas because maybe one day you would. Uh, bring your friend on school. The next day, your friend will bring you to school, and during that time, you just not only are uh, saving money, but you are kind of creating a stronger friendship because you are talking to each other, you're spending time together, and uh, in the financial way, you are saving money because you are reducing your expenses to toward the week, right? And that's a good way to do it now because that's the example that you that I'm putting because you said that you live far but for example for me next semester I'm going to in-person classes and I happen to be very lucky because I live near to the campus that I will be having my classes so for me walking will be very beneficial because I don't have to spend money on gas and now that you know, it's winter and we have to use the the heat. It will benefit my pocket because I won't be spending a lot of money on gas and also the environment, right? So we have these two combinations of benefits for everyone. And, you know, doing exercise is also good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that kind of goes to to the last point that I saw that you had in the, the article we're referencing here, but also something I just wanted to mention. So we've talked a lot about specific events, like you go out for coffee with your friends or, or traveling. But I, I know for some people, maybe finding those days or finding that way to schedule this time to start your financial detoxing is a little bit challenging. So I saw the last step you have was even just finding cheaper and alternative social activities. So maybe we can dive more into what that means and how that can be beneficial for those who maybe are struggling to get in the first step of financial detoxing. Yeah, um, I remember that when I was living in, in my home country, what we used to do with my friends is that because we really enjoy to get together, you know, have a kind of a ladies night uh, instead of going out to a restaurant or ordering food from like another restaurant, we used to gather and decided that we wanted to cook by ourselves. So we kind of decided on the menu, we decided to go and do the grocery shopping, and then come back to one of my friend's houses and cook for all of us. So that is a way that you can save money, spend time with your friends, and indirectly do some uh, financial detox, because you're you're not going to a restaurant, and you're saving money with that. Also, there are some other things that you can do. For example, maybe same, inviting friends home to watch a movie. You can uh, have popcorn there, have video games, and spend a nice night 
together, or maybe you can just go to the park. And because maybe that day you decided that it would be your reward day, then you can have your coffee because through the whole week you have decided to save your money. So that day, let's say Saturday or Friday, you decided to hang out with your friend, uh, buy a coffee and spend time together in the park. So that's kind of another way to indirectly start your financial detox on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess personally for me, I see that as more of, I guess, enjoyable social experience. I mean, as fun as as restaurants and, and movie theaters can be being, I guess, in the your own home and you're all just together with your friends and there's no rush and it's not as loud and, and chaotic. To me, that's more pleasing <laughs> as a, a night out or, or a girl's night as you were talking about. And the fact that it can also help you save a lot of money in, in the long run and help you save for big future endeavors is something just so pleasing, I think, in the back of your mind as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I guess that goes to the next point of your article that we're referencing here and Mm -hmm. still focusing on this topic of financial detox and the interesting way of of kind of managing our our spending habits. Now, I guess it kind of goes to identifying the areas where we see ourselves uh, I guess, wasting money or, or spending more money, I guess I'll say not, not necessarily <laughs> wasting, but um, spending a little bit more than maybe we should, especially as college students. Yes. Um, so maybe for those who are interested in financial detoxing, we've gone down the list of how to kind of start it and get into the groove. What kind of ways or, or what areas should or can people focus on? Sure. I remember that when I was writing this article, I was focusing on four things that every student could do because I think we all have those expenses uh, going on and I cannot start to mention obviously food so if you want to have a detox on your food this is this maybe the easiest way to do it so maybe for one week you can start avoiding ordering food or eating out and instead uh, putting a meal plan together. And in fact, we have a meal plan, a spreadsheet on the FSU website that every student can use to plan or to start their plan. And that's a way that you can initiate this process in your financial detox with food. Because, you know, we also have uh, ones to take care of our health and eating healthier also implies to stop ordering junk food, right? Even though we love it, sometimes it's better to stop a little bit and maybe plan what we can do. And even if you want to have maybe a burger or a pizza or Chinese food, it could be healthier if you make it at home. So that can help too. Yeah, absolutely. And and talking about that kind of meal plan, that managing seat sheet from the FSU website, I actually started using that this year at the start of the year and started planning things out and how I'm going to, to work out food as one area of the expensive part of, of being a student. <laughs> and um, that, from my personal experience, that even saved me a ton of money. And now I, I can use this money to, to pay for the gas and everything I have for transportation I mentioned earlier. So I guess I've even yeah. started financial detoxing without even realizing it. So yeah, which is amazing because sometimes you don't realize until maybe you listen to others about what they are doing or determine fact. And then it's like, oh my God, I have been doing that. So congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just so interesting. So to learn about, you know, the the term financial detox and, and what all of it is, is it's it's crazy the fact that I've been doing it now for a couple months and didn't even realize it. But 
Um, before we get carried away, I, I want to move on to the second point that you had. So a second area of expenses that we can do. And I saw that was for entertainment spending. So I know that's a big one. I mean, there has to be a balance, especially for college students between the school and, and the workload and homework and still having some fun. So what are ways that we can start financial detoxing in that sector? Yes, you know, with COVID and being at home a lot, we have uh, kind of decided to spend a lot of money on different platforms, right? Streaming, we have Netflix, we have Disney, we have Amazon. So a way to kind of detox your spending on entertainment, if we talk about those platforms, it's really kind of decide which one is the one that you use the most and keep that one. And the rest of the platforms try either to eliminate or maybe one of your friends has it at home and you can decide to have a nice afternoon at their house, watching a movie or a series, cooking together and uh, still enjoy those uh, uh, series or movies that you like. But it's very important, I think, to kind of understand what kind of things you enjoy the most. So in my case, for example, I really enjoy Netflix. We used to have more platforms. We used to have Disney and we used to have Amazon Prime, but we decided to just keep Netflix because that's the one we use the most. So we decrease or spending on that. Also, as I mentioned before, part of your entertainment also is, you know, going out with your friends, right, to restaurants. That's another way that you entertain yourself. So we go back to the fact that you can uh, invite friends over, have this nice cooking night with your friends and talk, interact within each other, maybe try new dishes because I'm pretty sure that in Canada, you will find uh, friends from different countries and different backgrounds. And why don't you try to uh, cook a dish that you have maybe never tried before because it was from another country? That could be a really good idea. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes for um, fun memories, I guess, as well. If I mean, hopefully nothing goes wrong, but in the, <laughs> in the event that it does, it is kind of, I guess it's more entertaining and more fun in that kind of social aspect. And I know the student union as well. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I went to one of the trivia nights that they have in the, the student union building, and those are all free and they're ways to, to get out and be social and just have fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's just a ton of different ways, especially that you've mentioned. I mean, thankfully, I mean, we're still in the, the COVID-19 pandemic, but restrictions are, are loosening a little bit and definitely more so than they were, you know, this time <laughs> last year. Yes. So having these outlets to still go and being able to, to gather with friends in a room together, I think I agree with you. That is so amazing. And again, financially <laughs> a good <laughs> asset as well. Sorry, that makes me move on to the next point that you had, which was, Starting the detox for clothing, and I know being a college student in the world of, of social media now, I mean, our last issue for the Intero Bang was on fashion, and yeah. you know, fashion <laughs> has really become a way to express ourselves and, and kind of show who we are, but what, how can we still, I guess, how can we still express ourselves in the sense of in clothing and with fashion, but still not overspending too much in that area? Yeah, that's a, a good question. And something that I, I was working on this article was how you can stop spending money in maybe getting the last season clothing that is released on the stores and maybe try to clean your closet, find that maybe a shirt you got a few months ago that you never tried on and maybe try to 
put new outfits together. You know, we have a lot of inspiration that we can get from the internet. I love Pinterest uh, on how you can put together, you know, your outfit. And sometimes these they have this article that says 10 item capsule that you can do like 20 different outfits and that's a way that you can save your money because you are not spending in new items and you're still being creative with how you manage to be yourself because part of expressing yourself is also being innovative and sometimes you you are thinking oh maybe that combination doesn't work for me but if you try it and maybe you know go out people will like the way that you are trying new ideas, new combinations. So that's a way that you can express yourself and still be like a totally fashion person and save money. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like the way that you said that a part of expressing yourself is through being innovative. And I think that's such an amazing way to put it. And I know, especially in, like you're saying with Pinterest, I'm a big fan of Pinterest too. I I love (laughs) everything they have. But um, I think that's, that's such a good point to, to uh, also look at what you have, go through your closet, see even what you don't wear anymore. Cause I know there's a lot of free online apps where you can sell your clothing and make even money that way. Yeah. You can obviously donate and, and make room in that sense. But I think that it's also really important going back to what you said that we don't need, I guess now in the, in this generation, we've, we've kind of realized, well, yeah, there's expensive clothing and people still have that need to want to buy this, this crazy expensive clothing, like hundreds (laughs) of dollars worth of just a pair of pants. But (laughs) I think this generation is really good with just being confident in what you're wearing. It's not necessarily about the price. It's really how you feel and what you're wearing. And especially in the term of, of financial detoxing, if what you're wearing is not causing you any financial losses in that sense. I I think that's a good thing in the back of the mind too. And and plays up, yeah, that confidence that you have in yourself. So I think that's exactly. Yeah, for sure. And and (laughs) I guess that moves to the final point, which is the last big one. It kind of accompanies everything that we've talked about so far, which was detox for savings and debt. So maybe if you'd like to dive more into what that means. And I mean, we obviously know money is important, but how can we start in this area? Yeah, I know when we talk about finance or budgeting and saving money, we have kind of growing learning how important it is to have a savings account or to save money, right? But sometimes we are so focused on saving money that we forget that when we get debt like credit cards or loans or some other debts, we forget that we have to pay those debt that we have. So this last part of the plan is take that money and instead of increasing your savings account, go and pay your debt. So you, you can reduce it and it's a good way to be financial free. Because you are not worried about, oh my God, I have to pay my student loan and and instead of using that money maybe to travel to another country that is a great experience that you can do, you still have to pay your loan and, and you are not moving around what financial freedom is. So from those $20 that you are getting from saving from your coffee, take that pay the debt that you have on your credit card. And uh, trust me that you will feel better because your debt will reduce. And after you pay your debt, then you go back and increase your savings account. That could be kind of the last step on this detox plan. 
Yeah, that, that's such a, a good idea too. And I know being a college student, it's, it's so easy now that you have a credit card to just pay for things. And sometimes you forget that, well, I have to, to pay this off. And I, I think it is important now that we've, you know, we've collected this money and what we talked about before, what is this exit expense that we're kind of saving up for. And, and I think this is a really good one, especially for college students. And it also helps us in the future, not just in the sense of, of paying off your debt and, and being financial free, but also building that that credit score, which is something that I know is really important, especially as we move more into adulthood and in the process of buying a home, which is another expense that's crazy expensive. But <laughs> yes. I, I know that that credit score is, is really good. So I, this last step, I see absolutely no wrong. I've seen no, nothing wrong in all the other ones, but this one is I guess if some, if people are looking for something to kind of pay for when practicing financial detoxing, I think this one is an amazing one for that kind of big future expense that we're slowly trying to pay for. So yes, exactly. <laughs> well, well, we're all finished talking about the, the financial detox. We've, we've run through the article and talked about there. Karen, is there anything else you'd like to, to add as the FSU finance coordinator and anything else you'd like to talk about? Well, maybe just to stated that it's sometimes when we think about finance, we think that it's very hard to understand. It's a huge process that it could be, it could take a lot of time. It's not. Finances are not too difficult to understand. And even when you have questions in regards to that, there is people like me that really, we have been studying and learning a lot to help others when they have their questions. So if someone is in need for assistance, they can reach out to the FSU anytime. I am really happy to help anyone with their individual questions. And also we have more information in the FSU website for to read when you have more time to try to do it by yourself and to do it maybe with your friends, with your family, or just in a way to practice what you have been learning through your childhood. Absolutely. And, and I think you're absolutely right. Finance, even just listening to, to what we've talked about today, finance, it's it's not complicated once you have this plan and, and you sit down and able to do it. And I think the, the process and the experiment of financial detoxing is a great way, especially for college students to start. So Karen, yes. thank you so, so much for, for joining me today. This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. If you want to find out more about the process of financial detoxing, check out the article in the newest issue of the Interobang. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Interobang podcast. You can catch up with every episode on Google Play, Apple Music, and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe.